coming to you from the world of AV control and programming. Along with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, how's it going today? And I'm glad to be back for another great show. Yeah, Steve, I'm glad to be back. I'm doing good. And yourself? Doing well. I think that there's a lot going on in, in the world of AV. And, uh, you know, at this this is a time of year when people are kind of ramping up to figure out what uh, summer projects are looking like and and uh, there there's there's certainly a, a, a number of different options ha happening in control and programming uh, with that we wanted to talk today about how we might approach different types of systems from looking at a, the one-off type systems that are maybe your unique boardroom or or a conference room that requires a control room uh, or a big auditorium or performance center versus more of your routine type systems, which are, which I would say are kind of standardized systems. You 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 program them once and and you stamp out a lot of them. Um, each one of those, I think, can be approached differently, and and there there are different things to think about when you're programming one versus the other. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, pass that over to you in terms of some of your experiences and, and uh, then we can kind of dive into to maybe some tips that we could provide. Yeah. Um, so as our listeners should know by now, they don't already work in higher education. That's something I do. Um, we are we have these one-off systems, but 90, I would say probably 90 to 99% are our ones are very cookie cutter, almost to say, our classroom, general classroom types. Like I said, you don't have those one-offs here and there, but we are more of a, you know, all the rooms are the same, especially in our environment. We are very pro collaboration. So unlike some other schools where you might have a science building and then you have a math building, we might, in our area, you might have a classroom that's science and the very next one next to it is math and the one next to that is arts. Um, allows the faculty members to interact with each other, you know, collaborate, allows students to, you know, mingle along, among each other as well. But that means that all our classrooms need to support all our faculty needs. So it's not like I'm throwing in high contract projectors in our arts room and, you know, detailed document cameras in our science building. It's same across the board. Um, the benefit, real good benefit of that is simplicity of our users can come in knowing no matter what room they're going into, all the equipment's the same all the controls are the same and the feel and the user experience. You know, us AV people, we love experience, uh, our user experience, but the same, no matter what room they go into. I think that's a really good point. I, I know that one of the things, one of the, the keywords, at least that I learned early on, especially in, in the higher ed environment, but it also exists in the corporate environment is consistency. And, and that, the controls and the and the operation and the experience needs to be 
similar from system to system and room to room because the users don't really care what we have going on behind the scenes. And I think that that's the magic that control and programming provides. Um, the, the, the one thing that I would mention about when you have the types of standardized or typical or, or cookie cutter systems, as you mentioned, they could get unruly because you always have that one little thing that's different between a room. Maybe it's an IP address, maybe it's an, a, a lighting setting, maybe it's the naming of buttons, or maybe it's uh, one room has shades and the other one doesn't. And there, there are different programming techniques that, that at least we have found to help to manage that so that you don't end up with a bunch of the same are very, very similar programs floating around because that to me is where you start to, to get yourself in trouble from a programming standpoint and a maintenance standpoint. Yeah, I do agree with there. Um, we've actually had that issue a couple of times. Um, I know you and I talked about maybe doing an episode just on this and going between programming and configuration is when I first came in, with me being the in-house programmer, I was really tasked with the custom programming. So the more of the one-offs, the uh, more advanced rooms, while our other AV guy was uh, tasked with the general classrooms because we were using a more configuration-based um, instead of custom code, which worked, but they acted differently. Um, because there was a limitation to the configuration system. Like I said, we're going to save that for another topic uh, per uh, episode. But um, I really think uh, that was key. And like you said, keeping it consistent, that no matter who goes in the room, it's the same. But there are hard times to do that. Like, for example, we were very big on this one control pad for all our classrooms from the manufacturer. All our rooms had it. The manufacturer decided to discontinue that product because they were going to a newer, more different design, different options that really was above the need what we needed for. So we had to go and start looking for another control pad to give us the same feel and user experience. But again, it, it's not 100%. So it is a little different but it's not a huge new learning curve for one, our technicians, and two, our users. So when you're, when you're talking about something like that, is that something that you would include within the same code or do you think, or is that something that needs to be spun off to be its own code? I guess it depends on, on if this is going to be say the new generation solution versus the old generation. But one of the things that, that we've, um, we've played with is to, to make code so that it can be configurable within the code uh, to allow you to enable and disable di different components, let's say. So you, you might need to support a 10-inch panel and a 6-inch panel or, or, or something similar within the same code um, or have situations where you may need to have 
a different display in different rooms without spinning off different variations of the same code. So, yeah, um, I'll admit we're a little, I'll, I'll use this term spoil in our environment here is we have strongly standardized on things. Um, so we've gone with all, all our displays are from the same manufacturer or our projectors. So we have one module that can control all of them. So it doesn't matter if I'm throwing the newest model in, the controls are the same. Um, all I have to do is make sure the IP address is set the same. Um, our, we moved away from touch panels. I mean, personally, I like touch panels and we went with keypads instead. Um, they're cheaper, they're simplified. Um, it's easier to keep the uh, buttons, the labels the same. But like I said, if we have to change a button level, uh, level uh, label, I can't do it remotely. Gotta physically go there to do it. Um, but again, also touch panels are more expensive. But having that consistent equipment-wise, we haven't really had to go in and say, "All right, we need to support you know an Epson projector, a Sony projector, a Panasonic projector," and depending on the room, because no matter what room we're going in, it's the same manufacturer. Um, same with our keypads. So my room, my codes are a little more, they seem like more one-off rooms, but they work in all our rooms. All I have to do is go, okay, I'm using this IP address for the projector, or I'm doing this button press. That's really it. Which I think is a really good point too, because you can control your environment. So you being that you you have say over what's designed and specified and 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 have more input into what that solution looks like, you you have the ability to to limit the number of variables. Uh, if in the for the remainder of the of this discussion, if we switch over to these single like highly customized bespoke systems we see a lot less of them and but but there but the fact is is that those don't have those same type of restrictions where you're not where we have to cater to the masses so you're you're catering to one particular audience or one user type maybe it's a uh, a CEO's boardroom that they're going to use or maybe it's a a, a large auditorium that is going to be operated by somebody who's hired to run that room and needs specific functions. So the approach taken there is a lot different than your standardized classrooms. And the, I think that there's more, the, 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 there, there's more opportunities to, to provide higher end features and functions, but then on the flip side, how do you manage that so it doesn't get to be unruly? Yeah, those projects are definitely fun. I actually enjoyed doing those projects more than our cookie cutters because um, it allows you to flex your program muscle, as I was said. But um, to me, it almost feels those projects are never done done because you're always finding well, what if I do this in this space? 
um, or can I do this here? It gives you that creativity, um, but you're not boxed in too much. So you almost have to go, okay, I got to stop developing and stop playing with this code because it's working. Um, but yeah, it, they're fun. I've done a couple of event spaces. And, but our main goal, and I think this should be any main goal of uh, programmers, especially for your UI, is you should have a very simple design for your basic users. Our, we always say that the way our control systems work is anyone coming off the street should be able to use it with little to no training. They should be able to walk in and go, okay, this is turn it on. This is pick up whatever source I'm using without calling us or having us just show them what to do. So even our event spaces at the podium, it is a very simple UI. Um, like our one room, we have two projectors for the room. So at the podium control for the users, they can turn on the system, which turns on both projectors, routes the video to both projectors. Now, if they want more flexibility, more advanced, they're more likely going to be employing our production team anyway, because then you get more microphones, more all this other stuff that our production team will be handling. So in those environments, our production team has a tech panel that allows them to route different sources and different projector. They can turn one on, one off. They have the more flexibility and that's where we provide our training to that team member. But one of the things that I'll point out too, and I think that that's a really good point, you know, the usability is always, is, is always a, an ultimate goal. Um, no matter how much you know the system, you still have to be able to operate the system and, and the right controls have to be in the right places. And especially in situations where you may be working with uh, a, a live speaker, let's say, or uh, doing some type of a production environment, having access to controls quickly and easily is, is super critical. The, the thing I'll point out, um, and, and I think this is probably a good good uh, takeaway from this discussion is, is that both of these approaches, they require, still do require a degree of discipline and planning because like you said, you don't want to get caught going down too many rabbit holes when you're, even if you are doing something that's highly customized because you start to have to worry about more gotchas and how you're adding features and how they may impact other things. So I think, and what I've found in the past is that programmers need to have that big picture view, whether they're looking at one highly customized system um, and, and plan it out in advance. Um, I, I feel sitting down and writing code is not the way to start a project, but more so plan that project and, and make sure that you even develop a scope for yourself if you're not given one. And the same is true for cookie cutter systems because you have to think about what are the different variations from room to room or how, what are, what are the, the, the variables that have to be taken into consideration and how can I make this so that it's most ma manageable? Because when you're making changes and we always do, those can really magnify when you're, you're having to change a lot of one-off systems. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, 
sometimes you just got to set that scope, even if it's internal and stop playing around with the code on those one-offs and the cookie cutters, you just make sure you can do the, you know, I would, I aim for 99%, but even 90% that you're working rooms that you could be putting in, you should be good. I think that's a good way for us to wrap this one up. Um, I know that we want to mention to our audience that there's many ways that they can reach us. So uh, one way that we started with is YouTube, but now we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and, uh, and you'll reach out to us directly. And, uh, so James, how can people get in touch with you? And uh, what are some ways that we'll be looking for feedback from our listeners? Um, again, easiest way is on Twitter, AV underscore James King, LinkedIn, James King, or like I said, the higheredav.com website where I write a monthly article. And for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on most social media platforms. And I also will uh, try to find other avenues so that you can give us feedback. We're going to be posting a poll that we'll be looking for input and uh, maybe doing some voting on some topics coming up. And we want to try to keep this fun and interactive and make sure that we're hitting the mark. So uh, please uh, help us to help you. And we want to uh, make this into something that continues to be a lot of value. So that's what we have today. And this has been Ask the Programmer.